Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a wonderful Thursday, May 11th. LA Galaxy get a 3-1 victory over the Baby Sounders. Uh, it's like the full-time Sounders, but it wasn't really the full-time Sounders. We're going to talk about Seattle and, and that win and what that does for the Galaxy as they get ready to face off in a Cali Classico coming up on Sunday on Mother's Day. Uh, and why, why San Jose is in such a, uh, a, a good form as we head along. Uh, there's some other little news tidbits and bites that we're going to cover as we get there. But this time, for real, I'm not joke. Actually... You know, he was going to be on the show, and then at the last second, he couldn't be on the show. So I know you guys didn't want another solo show, so Eric is absolutely not here this one time. Oh, wait, it's Eric surprise! the Portuguese Hammer. Oh, surprise, everybody. There you he go. He is risen. He's alive. <laughs> He's here. I made it. Just <laughs> barely clinging on to life here. What a week. What a week. You you had uh, you were like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. This is, this is going to be good. We're going to be fine. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sick. Yeah, I have the flu. Yeah, it's pretty bad right now. I'm gonna do it, no problem. And then, and then, then my favorite text message: I'm out. That was yeah, it. yeah. I know. Yeah, there was there was no yeah. It, it, it was last Thursday that I actually went in to urgent care to get the diagnosis, and I was like, okay, I'm not feeling great. Got the chills, all, all the bad news. You wanted to, you know, go get the tests and make sure it's you know it's nothing too serious. Came back, had the flu, but I said, you know what? It's podcasting. You know, I could I could tough it through. Right. And then as it got close to showtime, I was like, no, I cannot tough it through. I am not the bigger person. This is not the Michael Jordan game. I'm not going to power through. I'm going to enjoy my rest and my liquids and and get through this thing. That way, I can give you a, a good performance this week. Okay, good. I, I was going to say there's like there's there's something known as like show business health, right? Where even if you're sick, you go on stage and you're able to sort of power through it. I've gotten through many podcasts that way. But whenever you're at your your stage, I think I think you were rightfully correct. Yeah. To, to, to yeah. I'm not winning. I'm not winning a podcast Emmy here. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't been especially, nominated. I don't. Yeah, I think. especially with how the galaxy have been playing. Come on, uh, I, I shaved I, my I shaved my back for this. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was I, I do have to warn everybody. I am I am single parenting it tonight, and so my kiddo is currently in the next room attempting to fall asleep. 
Anything could happen. What seventy five percent chance he's walks in here in the next ten to fifteen minutes, you know, or Wild I have card. to or I have to go over there, you know. Basically I'm gonna hand the show off to you, just let you take Perfect. it. Perfect. All right. Yeah, it's We're, not like I'm having trouble speaking or holding my breath. Yeah, we'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be great. So uh anyway, so that's what it's it's an interesting time in Galaxy Land. Maybe a little reprieve. Not really. I, I know people are sort of saying, did Vanny save his job by win, winning the game in the Open Cup? I mean I don't think so. I don't, I don't. One is if it's a reprieve, if that, everything was based on the open cup, then wow, there's so many bigger problems yeah, than everything that's, else that's going that's on. That's not right? a good thing. Uh, but the other thing is that there, there's no reprieve for anybody in this. Not the way the galaxy have started, not the way they're going. I mean, quite honestly, the galaxy could run rampant through the U S open cup and win it. Uh, it might be their best chance at doing, at, at doing something this year. Although I think the playoffs are still very much in re- reach. It, it, I know it feels like it's a long way away, but if the galaxy could actually win games, they could climb back into this. It's, it's just that whole thing. Can they yeah. win games? And, at least, and, and we'll talk about it, at least against the baby Sounders, right? A, a, a heavily rotated Sounders team. Um, you know, I, I think they did what they were supposed to do because there's a lot of pressure there for an A-team lineup to come out and try to beat a team that is looking to make their mark. And we've seen it with, you know, Sacramento Republic or Orange County, whenever that, you know, they played all these lower division teams. And really, that's what Seattle was, was basically a lower division yeah. team. Um, there's a lot of pressure in that. And there's a lot of ways that can go wrong. And and the Sounders, a uh, little tip of the cap, they hit that. They, they hung in there for a nice, yeah. good, long time. So, yeah, they, they put up a good fight. And you, you've kind of mentioned it. You, you've covered it as that this was essentially the Galaxy A team, you know, maybe an A minus if you count Gino VV. But if you think about the lack of wingers on this team, you know, the the rotating squad. This is really maybe one of the best lineups that we could put up there. And it was against a Seattle, you know, I, I called it Freddie Montero and the sack lunch bunch. It was just a bunch of, you know, kids, you know, who just brought their sack lunches with them. Uh, and they put they put up a good fight. It was nice to see Ade get a banger. Uh, you know, that kind of falls in line with, you know, the, what we've been saying about the poor shot selection or poor shot right. availability uh, that he had to score one from distance. And then Memo Rodriguez showing signs of life. I thought that was nice for him to get a couple goals. So maybe, you know, Memo Rodriguez isn't a winger, but, you know, he stayed at a Holiday Inn Express or he plays one on TV. So maybe that's something that you get him going. If they're not going to have Douglas Costa, maybe they can go back to how they started the season with maybe Rodriguez feeling a little bit of confidence. Then you have Boyd on the other side and maybe Vanny can reset and kind of maybe this is something that can get them back on track. You don't want to applaud them too much right. because you, you consider the competition, but they did their job. They did what they were, they're, they're what they were supposed to do. Got a little maybe closer than it needed to be uh, at the end. But right. again, job done, job complete. Yeah. Um, and, and fairly, I, you know, I, I think the Galaxy had to expend effort. I'm not going to say they didn't, but it, it wasn't wasn't like they had to scramble in order to win that game. I felt many times they were very much in control of the game and they had some things. Now, you know, want to look on the negative side of it as well. I thought Seattle had a lot of really good chances to sort of score and, and didn't put those up. Um, when you look at shots and everything, everything's pretty even, actually, um, overall, whenever you're looking at shots and shots on goal and all that fun stuff. Um, real quick, Super Chat, $2 Super Chat from Rico's Pizza. Is that like a, is that a, is, is I was going to say, is this a sponsor? Is that is, a person? Is I, that a business? I want to know if it's a real pizza place. If it's a real pizza place, like give us your address or whatever if you want and we'll, we'll plug it on the show because not for $2 Super Chat, I basically will do anything. But, um, you know, Rico's Pizza, you want to see pictures of my feet? Uh, Rico's Pizza, $2 Super Chat. Uh, hey, Josh, any update on the Ricky? jacket hysterically or at least i think it's funny uh when i was at the stadium last night uh one of the galaxy people came up to me and was like hey i know people have been asking about that jacket um tell them soon if they ask 
It's it's soon. Wow. Soon. I'm just so I am passing on what I know, and the answer to that is soon. Soon for the Ricky jacket. If you are indeed looking for the Ricky jacket, then the Ricky jacket shall be soon. How soon? I don't know. They didn't tell me, but soon. And, and for those who may be late to the party earlier, I think it was either before the season opener or somewhere around. Ricky was at the sideline of a Lakers game wearing a '96 style jersey, but it was a jacket, and so that's what we're talking about. So it's not it's not a Ricky jacket like Ricky themed. You know, Ricky Bobby has doesn't have Ricky's face on it. It's a '96 jersey style jacket. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it's pretty sharp. So if you're looking for, again soon, that's what I've been uh, I've been told. So, um, yeah, that's where we sit um, on that. I, I will say, um, everybody I think was trying to harp on the crowd last night. Uh, the crowd was as to be expected for a U.S. Open Cup game it's on a Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Today's Thursday. Sure. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, it's as to be expected a U.S. Open crowd Wednesday. I, they said eight thousand. There between five and six. There probably they're spread out all over the place and everything else, and that was fine. Uh, weather was nice. The game, I thought the game was entertaining. I thought it was good. It's always nice whenever, uh, if you're the galaxy, you can get on the board early, right? So you talked about Ade, uh, getting in there. Let's, let's, let's shoot up and take a look real quick on, on the, uh, on the scores and on the lineups just to get everybody here. Uh, c- congratulations. Congratulations, MLS. You had a chance to finally put the right formation because it's no. so obvious and you screwed it up. Um, so whoever put the formation into that, how dare you? do this to Chicharito. No, Ricky Pouche was not playing as a second forward. The <laughs> Galaxy very, very much, and in the vein that Greg Vanny said was going to happen, uh, they very much went with a single forward up top, and that was Chicharito. Uh, I thought there was a lot of disconnect between Chicharito and the and the midfield in the first half. We can talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, it was Ricky Pouge back in the midfield uh, with Gaston Brugman, uh, with Mark Delgado sort of in that center. So if you're thinking either 4-5-1 or 4-3-3, um, that's more how this went. Uh, Gino Vivi was the surprise sort of starter, but Greg Vanny said, hey, we went with something a little different. He is a winger, and that's what we're looking for is trying to get a wing and trying to get width. Uh, Tyler Boyd was on the right-hand side, so again, another true winger, so actually playing with wingers. What do you know? Uh, you know, things things actually had width, and if you even go to the to go to the uh, average positions, it shows the width in the average positions as well. So I thought the galaxy, um, I, I kind of like the lineup. Vivi uh, has Gino. Gino has a lot of ways to go. Right. And, and certainly um, I think this is the spot where you put him in. Yeah. But of course it's the spot you put yeah. him in and you let him go out there and you try it. I really liked his ability to get width. And I think the Seattle gave him a lot of space in order to sort of attack that. And that's the, that's the part of it. Uh, if you want to talk about positives, I liked him starting wide. I liked him staying wide. Um, I, I liked him working back on defense. He did that a bunch of times. So in terms of Greg Vanny and what Greg Vanny likes to see, um, that's something to sort of look at. So, uh, I, I thought VV played wide, stayed wide, um, and was able to get back on defense. Greg talked about him being a little narrow a couple times on defensive side and allowing guys to get around him and outside of him stuff that he can work on. My big knock for VV is take people on when you have that space on that left-hand side, take your one V one and the guys backpedaling in the box, take him on, find something to happen. And he finally did right at the end of the first half. And he got a ball and a cross into that near post. And it was like, yes, that. And then in the second half, I think he even came in, uh, he cut inside and had a shot and did some things. And so I think he finally sort of came alive once he, he, he was able to do it. He's, he's youngish in terms of, you know, MLS, uh, you know, knowledge, so give him some time to sort of do some stuff there. 
Um, I, you know, there's people who just want to crap on people all the time. And it's like, yeah. this is not the guy you need to be blaming for the, the LA galaxy's results. As of late VV went out there, he put in the shift. Was it perfect? No. Was there lots of room to grow? No, uh, yeah, absolutely. Greg Vanny was complimentary of things. And he said that he would work on them with things, but for a team that is lacking wingers, Gino VV may be your, your, your answer, uh, in you know the next few weeks, right? Yeah. It, it, and he, he, he's not the guy you want, but he's the guy you're going to get stuck with, right? It's yeah, one of those. That, that's a funny thing because I can imagine the chat's probably going to explode, and your the people, the listeners are probably going to say, "Gino Vivi, he's the answer. He's what's going to fix everything." And, and that's that's probably not the case. But when you look around the league, you have a lot of these you know serviceable you know journeymen you know picked up in the draft style players that you just need to fill the role. And I think. When you look at this Galaxy roster with winger being a position of need, you need someone who you're going to be able to mold and you know coach easily and who's not going to go rogue and is going to follow the instructions of, of what the manager says. And I think that's that's what you're going to get with with Vivi. He's right. going to he's going to fill fill in that role. He's going to listen to what coach is, maybe even be overly cautious yes. and not try to do too much, which is kind of what you're describing. It wasn't until later in the half and later in the game that he started maybe trying to open up. And that's not a bad thing necessarily either. So um, you're, it's not the second coming. It's not a number one right. draft pick. You know, you know, it's he's not going to save the team. But is he going to be a piece that the Galaxy need? You know, yeah, we don't have anyone on the wing right now. Uh, so we'll, we'll take anybody who, who can be being serviceable at, at this point is, is, a, is a positive for the Galaxy. Yeah, I, I thought he held his position um, OK. And again, I mean, you know, if you're asking for a grade, he got a C, C plus. I'm not saying that he's anything magical, but he didn't hurt himself in that game. Yeah. Um, and he didn't hurt the team. And he didn't hurt the team. Absolutely. And yeah. I, and again, I really like some of his track backs and getting back on defense. And if you're going to play for Greg Vanny, then that part is going to be recognized. I, I want everybody to realize that Greg Vanny very much is sort of a defense first, which is why I think he's frustrated by going into the two forward sets and it not working and the guys not being defensively smart and a whole bunch of other things. So um, certainly it's that. Let's get to Aaron's $5 super chat so he can put another earwig in my ear and I'll have to think about this for the rest of the time. Uh, does Josh have family from the South? No. My son said Southerners use whenever instead of when and I've noticed Josh does that. Uh, God only knows, Aaron. Never thought about it. Will never think about it outside of this, but I will spend your money. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Whenever, wherever. Whenever, Shakira, when, uh, whenever. Yeah. Shakira, Shakira. Copyright violation. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it is pretty good. Another thing that was interesting. Uh, Scott French pointed this out more than anything, but Neil and, and, and Costa are switching sides. Left versus right, right versus left. Neil usually on the right. Uh, Costa is usually on the left. And they switched them up. Um, we asked Greg Vanny and he said, just trying to get everybody looks everywhere. And you know, that's it. And that's, I mean, you know, a lot of times you're like, Oh, give me, tell me what's going on. You know, the whole deal. And what does like, it mean? Yeah. What does it mean? Uh, the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan bond, uh, was the other big story coming back in this game. Perf- that to me is the biggest surprise. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly fine through the entire game. Um, you know, he didn't make a lot of uh, he did get bumped into early in the game and everybody's like holding their breath like, uh oh, you know, which yeah. one is uh, he clarified it's an AC sprain, which was what uh, he had. And uh, he said it sounded really bad. He goes, but actually like for the ligaments actually in the shoulder got stretched a little bit and all that stuff. So he goes, it sounded really bad. But, you know, it, it, the, the recovery time actually wasn't too bad. He was actually, yeah. I think, back a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, because they were like four weeks and then plus training and it ended up being probably like five weeks total whenever you look at it. So, um, yeah, if if you look at like a separated shoulder or a dislocated shoulder, which is kind of worst case scenario, that's a much longer recovery time. So the fact that he's back, that to me is, is, is you know, a good sign. It seems like right. he's ahead of schedule and he didn't look 
injured or like he was, no. you know, behaving gingerly or anything like that. And not to, you know, beat him in while he's down, but you guys kind of mentioned it on Monday as well. Klinsman didn't exactly drapes himself in glory in his last performance. So I think the Galaxy were very happy to have Jonathan Bond back in between the sticks. I don't think there, I don't think we have a controversy for right now. No, I, I don't think there's a controversy. And, and I also don't think that Jonathan Bond is going to do anything crazy like that's going to be like, oh, my God, look how good he is. And John, and, but he's also not going to be how bad he is. He's very much just sort of a middle of the road guy. I think Jonathan Klinsman is fairly, fairly the same. Well, They're very similar guys. Well, it's funny. A, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you would have told me that after those opening starts, said, yeah, not that too big of a difference. But then you saw, you know, a few more of the warts on, on Jonathan Klinsman as as he played more games. And so uh, I, I think Bond is a little bit more steady in that regard. You might get higher highs from Klinsman, but you're also going to get the lower lows. It, it feels that way a little bit. I, I was talking about Chicharito and how I thought he struggled in this game. Um, there's a there's the. In the first half, I certainly think Ricky Pouche was trying to score 7 million goals and do all everything himself. Now, I also think that without Pouche, the LA Galaxy really don't create a whole bunch. Um, but I do think that actually getting some active wingers on the outside and somebody like Tyler Boyd, Memo um, Rodriguez, whenever he comes into the second half, and he really did a lot in that second half to sort of, um, you know, really boost the LA Galaxy. He came on on fire. Raheem Edwards came in in the second half and really created. That's the position that we've been wanting to see Raheem Edwards in, and he didn't dress for the previous game. And we heard that maybe there was a little bit of an injury or something. He comes on in this game in the second half, and he's the reason that that third goal gets scored, right? And that was the that was the good goal. That was the prettiest goal the Galaxy yeah. has scored all year. That was right? a great buildup. Yeah. Um. And so good buildup. Edwards taking space, but. There's something to be learned in that as well. And I think Tyler Boyd was guilty of this. I think Vivi was built guilty of this is not taking space when they allow it. Now, Raheem Edwards is sort of the the guy who puts his head down and starts running, even if there's not space sometimes. Um, yeah, well, and he did it in this game also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you saw that also. Right, right. So, so you get that from him. By the way, when he's doing it as a winger, it's not as bad as whenever he's doing yeah. it as a defender, right? And so we're sort of like, okay. Um, so... Uh, I, I saw that. I just I want guys to take up space. I think Pouche does a good job of that. One, he creates the space and then he exploits that space. And that's great. But there's this gap between Chicharito and the midfield that isn't closed because people aren't attacking space. Joe Totino, uh, if you were at the game, uh, you were able to come down. And if you went to come talk to me, uh, Joe Totino came down and talked with everybody while we were there. So he was in the circle um, talking to everybody. And we had that's, a, that's a big get for the, I, I for did, the halftime circle. You that's, know, that's impressive. He was walking down. He wanted to talk to fans. Where where are where are my people right there at the bottom of the yeah. steps? So he ran into him and he knows a lot of them as well because he's been around yeah. for a while. Uh, by the way, Joe was shaming me uh, hilariously and and perfectly accurately. I, I was saying I was telling the press box I wouldn't be there on Sunday because it's Mother's Day and I go y'all think like you're all crazy if you think I'm going <laughs> to be able to go to the game and, and the whole deal. And Joe Tatino goes, oh I've missed two games and I'm like oh this year and he's like no my entire career <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Thanks, Never Joe. Mind. Thanks, yeah. Joe. Yep. You know, that's he, he wouldn't have missed the show for a flu. That's for sure. no, 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 no. He would have he would have been locked and loaded in there. Um, if you ever get a chance to talk, talk to Joe Chitino, talk to him. Uh, one of the most interesting people you'll ever talk to. Uh, it's like talking to a living legend. There's there's royalty in the air whenever Joe comes down. Uh, and and graces us mere peasants, which he never treats you like. He always treats you like you're the most important person whenever he talks to you. Um, I I appreciate uh, you know my friendship with Joe and and over the years being able to do it. But he was down there talking and he was saying he goes, "There's too much space and it's not being closed into." So whenever Chicharito goes to get the ball, the ball's not in the right spot because really you need to take that space up. Let the defenders have to step forward and then that creates the space for these things and those things aren't happening. Yeah, um, it's. 
it, it's when we've been saying the same thing, and it's kind of interesting that you mentioned Puj and Chicharito because I think they both kind of suffer from that same same issue: is trying to do too much and kind of putting too much on their shoulders. One, it's part of their nature because they're leaders and they want to get things done and they want to put the game on their shoulders. But sometimes the game, you know, that you hear this adage all the time. It's a simple game. You know, you, you don't need to overcomplicate things. And I think sometimes Chicharito and Puj overcomplicate things. Puj has the ball control and the skill to get himself out of those situations and then make things happen. Chicharito, not so much. So when he has to drop back because that space isn't being uh, taken advantage of, then, you know, you have Chicharito, you basically lose a forward because you have Chicharito hang back. This is nothing new. This is something, this is an issue that the Galaxy have been struggling with, you know, for, for two or three seasons is Chicharito, you know, having to come back and do too much work. Right. Um, and, and that's, it's actually interesting. That was the issue with Dayon and why there were some struggles is because he was not coming back and doing right. that work. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because Dayon was, you know, trying to play the game smart. Why do I need to come back? If everyone does their job, I should be able to just get the ball and finish it. And so that's it's, it's that double-edged sword. The game should be simple. Right. They shouldn't have to come back and, and do that. But if they don't, then the Galaxy are in a bad situation as well. So it's this double-edged sword where they're overworking, trying too hard. But if they don't do it, the other players aren't step, stepping up into that space and taking advantage uh, of the situation. That way they can let you know Pooj and Chicharito have that success. Yeah, and I will say this. I didn't think that there was a lot of success for Chicharito in this game. That that should be a worrying sign still that they're not connecting even against Baby Sounders and everything else that are going on there. Um, that being said, Jovalich came in, and I thought he was immediately dangerous. And what have we missed from him for most of this year when he's been a starter is being dangerous. Um, he was dangerous. He combined the the give and go with Edwards over to, yeah. to Memo for the third is such a nice one. And the Galaxy, by the way, I would like to point this out. This is a shocking stat. Shocking. The Galaxy scored off two corner kicks in this game. When was the last time they scored off corner kicks? Outdays is a rebound off corner, right? And it wasn't a direct corner. And it wasn't a short corner either. It wasn't a short corner either, although... Uh, we were talking at halftime about the galaxy's sort of like this floating ball mentality that they take on corner kicks, which is like, oh, we'll just float it in there, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Over, yeah, oh, it's, it goes too far. Yeah. yeah, why? And I'm like, and I was saying, near post I like strike. Just somebody go to the near post. Anybody, yeah, anybody. And, but then if you're going to go to the near post, it's not a floated ball to the near post. You drive the ball, yeah. and I like drived crosses. I think those are the most dangerous. The off the the offensive player does not have to create the momentum for the ball. It just about, it just creates chaos. That's it. It, it takes a bounce. It gets you know goes go off a defender, get a deflection. Yeah, the driven ball is is the name of the game. Yeah, I'm it, with you on that. It is uh, it is absolutely that. So I mean, those are the types of things that I think you want to see a little bit better. I thought Memo uh, obviously with the brace is is really nice. Uh, gets the one off the corner kick. Um, that was a little I think a glancing header by Jalen Neal um, off the corner kick, and it was from Boyd. So Boyd to Neal to uh, Memo. Uh, he puts that one in. That makes it two nothing. All right, game over. Oh wait, thirty seconds no. later, two one for for Seattle, and just uh, again, just bad play, bad defending, lackadaisical, all sorts of little things that you you don't want to see in this game, uh, that you end up seeing in this game, and so um, that's that was sort of one of those. But it, it is nice to see Memo Rodriguez score the second goal and sort of put that away. And yeah. not only that, but it was such a nice second goal with Raheem Edwards breaking in, taking space into Jovalich. Jovalich back to Edwards, but Memo even said to us afterwards, he goes, I told I told Ra to let it go because the ball was coming to both of them. And he's like, Ra, let it go. And Ra just ran right over top of it. And then Memo was able to hit a curling right-footed shot 
Um, it's the stuff dreams are made of. That's 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 you know the type of goal that you you look forward to finishing. Greg uh, Greg said that Memo hits one of the hardest or one of the heaviest balls in all on on the team. So he's like, I'm sure he he's glad to be on the score sheet. Memo told us that it was like score. It, he goes, it's been so long since I've really scored a game, a goal in a game that it felt like the first time I ever scored. Like I was that excited nice. about it and the whole deal. So now there's a fact. Yeah. Memo Rodriguez is our only multi-goal scorer across all competitions. Because everybody else has one. Everyone else has one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's really interesting. Let's get to some super chats. And then I want to talk about the, uh, the overall reaching uh, idea of starting an A team in this game and, and why and, and that whole fun stuff. So Patrick, $10 super chat. Thank you for that, Patrick. Good to see Hammer in the co-pilot chair. COG solid, serious and rational as usual. Our owner should emulate you guys. I mean, if Uncle Phil wants to come on the podcast, we would, you know, I'll even church this place <laughs> up. You want me to play some organ music or some stuff in order to get him in here? Um, and you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. And then as always, uh, oh, I'd like to first wish a very happy birthday to executive producer Herb, uh, sugar daddy Herb. It was his, uh, his birthday not too long ago, I think over the weekend. Um, and so, uh, COG did send him a little gift courtesy of our friends over at soccer warehouse, um, who are, uh, over at the garden walk in Anaheim. So if you know, right down the street from Disney, I don't know if it like, that's where the house of blues Anaheim is. And, um, the new house of blues. They had the new house of blues because yeah. the other one was in downtown Disney. So this one actually a little bit better, like location in terms of parking a, and getting there yeah. and that type of stuff. So, um, so that type of thing, the soccer warehouse is there. Uh, so they got him a little COG kit and Herb, as I said, we will get that. We will get that personalized for you. We can do that. Uh, we also possibly, and I don't want anybody to hold their breaths yet, but if you have anything to do on June 3rd, perhaps put a little pin in it for a little bit in the evening. Hold their what? What did hold, you say? Hold, the, hold What did the, I don't know. What did I say? Okay. Yeah. Well, you said, I, you know, you're, put, it's supposed to be breath, but I don't know. I thought I heard a oh, plural word in there. Breasts. Did I say breasts? Like I, chicken I, I breasts? That's what I was sure. saying. I, I am. I am hungry. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but anyway, uh, but you can go. Uh, we perhaps June third, maybe. We're, we're still. I'm. I'm iffy on it. I have a very busy day that day. I'm trying to see if it all works out. So we're gonna. We're gonna possibly do something. There's no Galaxy game that weekend. Yeah, it's it's an international break. You know, maybe there's a guy who's flying in to town maybe. around that time. Maybe yeah. June third. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, maybe. so so keep that in the back of your head, and we'll let you know here relatively soon. Um, but anyway. That was the whole thing down there. Soccer warehouse. They sent him over a, a corner of the galaxy kit, like the long sleeve one that I have, except a short sleeve on that. Um, and so maybe we're working some stuff out and maybe that's where you were going to want to be on June 3rd. We'll see. Uh, yeah, but shout out to you, Herb. Happy birthday. Yeah. And shout out to soccer warehouse. Shout, shout out to everybody. Appreciate and, you know, and Patrick. Her- and we're going to give Patrick a second shout out here, even though Herb is the big baller. Yeah. Carter, because Patrick is always in the chat. He is always making things happen, being yeah. active. So I appreciate that. In addition to executive executive producer Herb, who's reminding people to, you know, hit the like button on the way out. Right. So, you know, we've, we've got the best listeners. Yep, absolutely. A $41 super chat from, uh, from, uh, uh, sugar daddy, Herb, executive producer, Herb. Um, by the way, I wanted to say, uh, that Alex had something here and he says, you can tell hammer is a full Texan now with one of those Cosmos relatives heads uh, behind him on the wall. You know, Texans always have, uh, their yeah. hunting trophies on the wall. So did you kill that yourself or did I was, you- was going to say that's from, you know, hey. if we're just, you know, the galaxy Sh- creators, all the people be, Beanies by Bay. If you don't follow them on uh, on Instagram, one. they they made those for us. So yeah, big shout out. So again, it's not it's a beanie. It's not, I, I didn't. I'm not collecting scalps uh, of Cosmo. You know, I, I would never. Although I did place the Cosmo jersey there, so it might look that way. Uh, yeah, but I have the Texas Roadhouse 
feel with Cosmo there. That's that's very good. Always always nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, <laughs> apparently, I did say what you thought I said. So I, I, good. I thought I heard okay, it. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good. We're PG-13 here. You can see a little of that in PG-13, right? Isn't that, didn't that used to be the rule back in the it day? It used to be. I, you can I, see I, a little I bit. I sworn I saw, yeah, you, you were good for like a... Just a, a sneak a peek. Quick, yeah, it was a sneak peek. It was yeah. across the camera kind of blurry, yeah. but you were like, I'm pretty sure I saw. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was what it is. So anyway, uh, that's that's sort of where we're sitting right now. So um, th- th- let's talk about this, though. Vanny does run out the first team, right? This is an A team. Now we can talk about VV, but honestly, there's nobody else. So you might as well call it the A team and, you know, that, that whole thing. Uh, I don't want to discount that kid too much. Um, yeah. So A team. I asked Greg Vanny why afterwards, actually, I know lots of people are like, well, they have to, cause they're trying to save the season. The whole deal. Yeah. I th- certainly think some of that is, is that, um, that they have the opportunity. And we talked about it on Monday, Monday night. We said, you have the opportunity. You're, you're O and O in the, in the open cup. And if you win, you get to advance. And that's, that's a positive. And if you keep advancing, you eventually lift and win a trophy. And as it looks right now, perhaps you aren't competing for a trophy this year, uh, whenever it comes to major league soccer, right. in that season, or, you know, you also have the tournament that's going to be leagues cup and how, and I imagine the galaxy are going to take that very seriously. There's a lot as of different well. pathways. Yeah. There's a lot of different pathways, a lot of things. And, um, I think Jonathan bond, it was either Jonathan, Bonner or, or Memo Rodriguez was sort of saying, uh, you know, of course, we're going to take it seriously because like we can end up lifting a trophy in this. And we all know that. Um, and this is a way to sort of get us jump started. But Greg, I asked him for and I said, I said, why the A team? And what does that say about, you know, how serious you want to take this competition or, or, or how badly you sort of need the win? Uh, Vanny said, said, listen, if we had to play on Saturday, I would have rotated this club. And he said it all has to come down to the matter to the number of days. Uh, and he goes, because we had the extra day and we play on Sunday, mm. he goes, I felt he and he said this before. Vanny thinks that if you get three days, that that's kind of normal, that that's OK. Like three days is full recovery and you can go back and you play a game. And he goes, actually, he goes, players would love it if they played every three days, like basically a game, three days off and a game, game, three days off and a game. He goes, yeah. because then they never have to train. Right. And he goes, and they don't want to train. Right. And, <laughs> and they'd love that. Yeah. Right? They, all they don't want to do is play games. Right. And so he goes, so as far as he as far as he was concerned, he said that he thought the rest was more than enough and that he would play a full team lineup whenever he could in terms of the rest days and all the other things that are coming through it. So um, now he didn't come out and say, hey, my job's on the line, so I better get like (laughs) wins and stuff like that. I think that's implied um, from everybody. His job, Chris Klein's job, everybody's job is sort of hinging on the success that sort of comes now. You know, another big game coming up on Sunday that very well, if you're embarrassed, if ramifications, it's a rivalry, it's all sorts of sort of things that if it goes badly again, we'll be asking all the same questions again. There's you have to win like five or six games in a row in order to sort of start be like, oh, okay, you're okay now. Well, and I think Greg Vanny is very famous for understanding the context of things and really hammering home that concept. One win in an open cup game against, you know, a, a lot of youth or youths, uh, you know, if you're Utes. going uh, from from either uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny or yeah. our new girl here. Right. But that that doesn't get you a pass. Um, so so I always go, I go back to what I you know was saying at the beginning of the season. Do we throw it all away for 2024 or do we put all our energy in the U.S. Open Cup basket? And it's like we're zero and zero. Maybe this is where you start your A lineup. It's not going well, you know, during league play. But maybe if we rotate our squad where the A team plays the U.S. Open Cup games and maybe you rotate the squad on the other side, I do find it interesting that the you know the magic number of days that he has that formula figured out. So it's it's kind of cool that he you know let that no, let that be known. We'll see if it's if he's consistent to that and if that remains the case as they move forward. But um, as far as playing for your job, I think this is not. I don't think he was playing for his job, but I think had 
they not been on their losing streak, maybe he would have rotated a few more, right? You know, guest stars. But I think because of how bad they've been, and he kind of probably anticipated that Seattle, being the away team, was probably going to have a heavily rotated lineup. That hey, this is my opportunity. Let's get these guys back on the field. This let's let's take three points and just to get our head right, you know, just to get in the win column again. So I I do believe that had the Galaxy been on a win streak or had their form been a little bit better, that maybe you don't see an A lineup. So I I do think there is some truth to that. It's uh, one is that you can you can do anything in this, right? The Galaxy is sort of in the position now where they can sit there and say, we have nothing to lose. So go out there and play like you have nothing to lose, right? Like everybody's expecting that, that we're not good. Although, unfortunately for them, they have way too much talent for people to be like, oh, these guys aren't any good. It's now they're like, why are they so bad with how much talent they have? Right. And that's a different perspective as yeah. far as where I'm at. This isn't 27. That's why I keep going. This isn't 2017 when you were well, like, who's going to, who are the, who are these guys? Who are these USL? It's, yeah. You right. Know, Roman Alessandrini, who at that point was unproven and, you know, Juan Pedro, uh, all these guys, it was the two Jermaine Jones, Jermaine Jones comes yeah. back, you know, what a squad, what yeah. a squad. But, but I, let's go back to that idea of this team is way too talented. Like you hear that a lot. And I was almost getting a little bit frustrated and kind of sick of it. Like, uh, yeah. let's stop saying this team is talented when they're not showing that they're talented right. on the field. Right. But then when you make that comp and you look at the roster from 2017, you look at the roster now, you're right. This is this this when you look at it on paper, this should be a more talented team. But I, I was getting kind of sick of hearing, hey, as talented as they are, they should be doing better. And it's and part of me thinks this is who they are. You know, they they are. They're, what's the adage? You, you are what your record says you are. So if, I, I if just, you're talented, you'd be you'd have better results than this. The way you're playing, you're not playing like you're very talented. So I don't know that we could say they're more talented than the results they're getting. They, they, they kind of deserve where they're at. But uh, again, here's here's the hammer talking out of both sides of his mouth. Right. My specialty. Uh, I was getting sick of you're, it. But you're then you're you, a double sided you, hammer. You're, yeah. you're, you're a double sided hammer. Sorry. <laughs> when you zoom out and you look at other rosters and you say, you know, this this team really should be doing better. I get it. Yeah, it, that's and that's sort of they are who the, we thought they were. <laughs> Uh, you want to crown him? Crown him. Crown. One of my favorites. One of my Denny absolute Green. favorite. Denny Green. The classic. In Cardinals. That was great. Uh, I was in Arizona at that time, I think. Yeah. Good times. That was Matt Leiner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good times. Um. So anyway, so I, I mean, there was a lot more pressure on this game probably than, than it seems. And especially even if you have the second team lineup or the third team lineup really from Seattle. And, and uh, Greg Vanny mentioned that Brian Schmetzer said that if he had an extra day, he would have liked to have played more of his starters. The best thing the Galaxy did was when Nico Ladero came on, the Galaxy scored immediately and that put the game out. Um, because yeah, because you you he because Schmetzer had played it really smart to sort of be like, hey Nico, um, you have eight minutes to do something and like you know totally cause chaos in yeah, here and and break you, glass in case of emergency, right? Yeah. And it's like, hey, go. It's just eight minutes, so anybody can play eight minutes. And you'll be fine for the whatever we do this weekend. So you're fine and blah 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 the whole deal. So go play, go play eight minutes and try to cause chaos. And then boom, memo scores. So. They got the goals when they needed to get the goals. Aude had a great goal, by the way. It's such a nice strike. Um, and then Memo with the brace. Um, both goals very nice. The last one, good team goal. Um, good team-ish goal. It's three guys who combined for very quick little passes that ended up with the goal. So um, all in all, they passed the tests that they needed to in that. And if they would have lost to uh, the Baby Sounders, I mean, I don't Oof, even... That would have been... I probably been wouldn't have done a podcast tonight because yeah. there would have been too many people who I was afraid of, of of interrupting their mental health breaks they were probably on. So <laughs> um, so all those things sort of combined. 
Uh, ACB in the house again. Um, they were chanting, you know, we want Klein out was certainly one of the one of the chants they hit more than once. They also put up a uh, not a TFO, and this isn't really a card stun either, but it's a banner. Um, it's not just a salary you're playing for the hearts and minds of a generation. So going after the players a little bit, saying, you know, what you're doing is not acceptable and uh, in their eyes, and they need to get better. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know how to feel about that because I one I don't know if it was directed at players. Because, you know, with the whole Klein out of it all, it's it feels like, is it directed at, at Klein that, you know, are you there just to collect the salary? Because we were always told this is not about the players. This is not about, you know, going at players. So I, I it, the, the tricky thing right now with the supporter group situation is there's not a lot of voices behind it explaining the, <laughs> speaking of context, the how and the why. So that leaves a lot up into interpretation. So when you see that, you say, is that pointed at the players? Do they, are the, do they feel like the players are just there? collecting a salary and if there's no one there to clarify it that that leaves it open so that that's the unfortunate part is it, it really leaves it open because the whole point was it's not against the players it's about leadership and ownership and and where it's going so i, I the kind of rubbed me didn't i don't know if it rubbed me the wrong, wrong way but it just it made me feel uneasy like oh that's i don't know what that's all about i mean that and that's sort of been the the trend over the last couple of weeks is i don't really know what that's all about like there was the the 138 number that was in the tifo um for the game against colorado which was really a call out for for the la riot squad in the acb sort of part of the evil empire yeah. right like that type of thing you're and, you're, you're pointing your your tasers at the wrong the I, wrong enemy here yeah I, i'm just I, and i'm sure for casuals they have no idea any of this stuff is yeah. going on right and so it's Correct. very inside baseball for all of this and and so um it, it's so it's so, the the side the like side quests are so distracting to the main quest of stuff that I, in many ways i think i just drive down the middle of the lane and like try not to look at the fire that's burning on both sides of the freeway right so those types of things um i know that there's a uh supporter uh uh, a meeting, right? I think on Zoom coming up on Friday, tomorrow, which is tomorrow. Believe, yeah. yeah. And so go to LA Riot Squad or um, Galaxy Outlaws, any of those, and they'll be able to point you in that direction. And they want fans of, of the LA Galaxy. They don't just want supporters groups. They want fans um, in general. Um, so, and if we're looking at that in terms of the warscape that is the, the boycott, right? What is, what are they trying to do? Well, they, we talked about the LA galaxy going and trying to pick off the largest group that they thought that they could and they did. And so they got them back in the stadium. So what happens whenever your army suffers some blows, you go out and you try to get more people, right? This is, this is that. And it's also trying to open up a bigger umbrella and being like, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. (laughs) Um, you know, sort of, sort of that type of thing. So again, strategies being played out. It's like, you know, chess and checkers always which, happening. Everything is happening, which I, I, again, this is the part I kind of enjoy more is watching yeah. the pieces move across the board. And, and I think if, if we're being real, if we're being honest and you've kind of been around, you know, I've been on, you know, like, like you in the stands, not necessarily attached to one group or another, but kind of seeing it, there maybe has always been an underlying tension. And I think that happens whenever you have, uh, you know, multiple group. groups of anything. Come on, so come think, on down to the train club and watch yes. all the watch all the <laughs> yeah. tensions. I'm right? sure there are people. Oh, there are warring factions. Oh, the train dude, club, you I have no. There's going to be war yeah. paint out there with different. <laughs> you know. So, so I think it's always there, and but when these situations happen, it just kind of shines a light on it, and that's where it starts to really get ugly, and kind of you start to see some colors and and some things that you maybe don't want to see. The one move that I do like. Um, from, from the the Lars faction and Outlaws and that group is bringing in the other fans because one thing and I'm, I'm just going to be blunt and say it and honest one thing that's always 
you know, and I will say has rubbed me the wrong way is that there's only one way to support that if you if you're not jumping up and down for an ID, you're not a real fan. You don't you don't cheer like us. So you, you're not you don't get the same fan card, the same fan cachet. So I think it is a smart move to say you don't necessarily have to be in a supporter group. If you like this club, you're you want to be a part of the conversation. Let's open our arms. Let's get you in the net. And I, I think that's a smart move because I think there are a lot more of those people than 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 some some groups may not realize. It's like there are a lot of people who care a lot about about who care a lot about this club and want to see it pointed in the right direction. But maybe they're not jumping up and down for for 90 minutes and that's okay too. You need that atmosphere, you need that extra piece, but that's not the only way to do things either. That, I, I agree, and we've talked about that many times. There's, there's more than one way to support things, and, and a whole bunch of things. So I'm I'm encouraged by this, and and hopefully we'll hear some some outcomes from this meeting uh, that is taking place tomorrow as well. Um, we get to the U.S. Open Cup when we have to talk about it. <laughs> the draw. It's really hard for me to defend these things as like random. It is. <laughs> it, it's it's almost comical at this point. Uh, we all we know, knew it was going to happen. I, I mean, yeah, you did. It, but yeah. You all knew that the last year, the LA Galaxy got the home field advantage for the LAFC US Open Cup game. It was a game they ended up winning. Um, this year, uh, of course, for un- unbelievable reasons, it goes that LAFC now has the home field advantage. The LA Galaxy will travel there. Um, they went and put stuff out uh, in the round of 16. It's, the LA- it's LAFC hosting the LA Galaxy. Uh, this game being played on May 23rd, 7.30 p.m. is the kickoff time at BMO Stadium um, in LA. So that's that game that will be played. Uh, Kellen Acosta was asked about it today on LAFC and he goes, we drew the galaxy. He goes, of course we did. He goes, that's not round random. Like he was just like this, this is, this is too, this is too obvious. It's too easy. So now the next round for the LA galaxy. Now I'm going to tell you something. Um, I wanted to look this up because I was looking at schedule congestion, congestion and everything else that's coming up, not only for the galaxy, but Whenever you get to this game, what does this game in the Open Cup look like for for both teams? So the LA Galaxy on May 17th will uh, be in Columbus. Then they travel to D.C. They are staying out there for that. I've already confirmed that. I talked to the Galaxy about their travel schedule. A three-day turnaround, yeah, yeah, the 17th and the 20th. Yeah, so, you know, you're talking about rotations and everything else, right? Greg Vanny told you three days is enough. That's not three days. Yeah. Um, that's three days. There's there's only two days in between those games, right? And so the whole deal. So uh, Columbus versus L.A. in Columbus, and then D.C. versus L.A. in D.C. Uh, LAFC will be LAFC at home versus SKC. LAFC at home versus San Jose for those two games. Advantage LAFC in terms of being able to play both of those games at home. Tougher, though, for them, so that San Jose game will be tough for them because they just lost to them. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And so there's going to be revenge and there's going to be all sorts of stuff. Then, so that's the 520 games is LAFC versus San Jose, the LA Galaxy in D.C. Uh, just three days later, the LA Galaxy and LAFC will face off at BMO Stadium. However, also on the minds for LAFC is a game on 531 Leon versus uh, LAFC in the CCL final. That one's in Leon. And then it's Leon, uh, LAFC versus Leon uh, coming back. And the other one, the June 3rd game between LAFC and Atlanta was postponed. So there is a lot of schedule congestion for LAFC in and around that. The LA Galaxy also have problems in that, which is they'll you do the Open Cup game, LAFC versus LA on the 23rd, four days later, LA versus Charlotte at home. Okay, so... I think this is interesting because I think you can you can talk me into some gamesmanship and, and some squad rotation where if you say, okay, the, the away game at Columbus, you Eight, put in 18. a decent yeah, – 18, this yep. is your lineup. You're, you try to steal some points on the road and only three days later, second game of a, an away road trip, 
you say this is the Geno VV All Stars. Like let's uh, let's put in you know the Galaxy Two players. Let's give our guys some minutes. Heavily rotated, and then you're putting the A guys back in for that for that Open Cup game. So I, I can see us. You look at it on paper and you say, oh, the Galaxy back to back road games, then coming back home. LAFC's been home. That's going to be a tough game for them to win. But I think they can maneuver it in a way where this they may be able to put themselves in a position because LAFC has to consider the other. Where do they want to put their value? Do they want to say we've ridden with these kids, you know, at Monterey Bay, and we want to give them a second run out at home? Maybe right. maybe that's a decision that they make, and you get another a baby team like you did Seattle. So who who knows what's going to happen? Um, but but I think if you're you're looking at the landscape and how the Galaxy have been doing you maybe do want to put your eggs in this open cup basket and and preserve your players and get them ready for this game. Do what gets you to the next round, right? And so I don't have a problem with that. I also think the Galaxy can be competitive against a team like DC, even if they rotate a little bit. I don't love the depth of the LA Galaxy, but I'm also going to say it's not not there. They have some some guys... And sometimes that's that's those players who are clawing and waiting for those minutes and waiting for those moments. And you don't expect to get the points because you're going to heavily rotate. But those guys come out with their pants on fire and maybe they make something happen and, and get some shocking points on the road. That's that's not unheard of either. We've seen teams do that in the past. Remember Bruce Arena used to send like yeah. the, the babies out to play RSL like midweek and they would the, the babies would come back and win that game. Like Jose Villarreal would be out there yep. balling, <laughs> you know, Jack McBean out there balling, doing all that sort of, sort of stuff, and they would end up winning the game. Um, so that's something that I think you're trying to sort of look at for for this game. So that's what it is. Those are your times, 7.30 p.m. That's when you'll, uh, you'll see that game kick off on that May 23rd game. So that's a Wednesday, I believe. Um, at, if you go on the LA Galaxy, so Tuesday, is Tuesday. it a Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? 23rd okay, so it's a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Yes. Okay, good. I was the only reason I was saying that is that if you went on the Galaxy's schedule, it actually said the 22nd for a while, and I was like, why are they playing before the window? That sounds like that's weird. <laughs> like the window's the 23rd and the 24th. Also, um, it was probably the Galaxy who couldn't play on the 24th because of the game on the 27th. That's that my sense. guess. So they wanted to have it close after the DC, but understand. It's a 7.30 p.m. game in D.C. that they'll be playing on that uh, that midweek, right? Um, and uh, no, that's the weekend on the weekend, right? They will then get done with that game, fly all the way back across the country, basically land probably at one, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, right? And then they'll come in and they'll regen on Monday and then they have a game on Tuesday. Understand that they are losing a whole day basically with that travel coming back, even though they're going to land at one or two in the morning. They'll come in for a little bit, do some regen, do some little things. Tuesday, they'll do, you know, basically Monday, they'll do walkthrough type thing. And then Tuesday, they're playing another game. So um, that's a tough turnaround. Even if you are going to A-team it, that's a tough turnaround because the A-team is yeah. going to be on that plane too. Yes, uh, correct. So so anyway, so that's where we're uh, we're sort of sitting there um, with that. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the two youngins, the U20s, uh, Mauricio Cuevas and Marcus Fracranis, both named to the U20 men's youth national team for the U20 World Cup in Argentina. Guys, uh, this was fully expected. Um, everybody knew that these two were likely going to go. They haven't played a part here in the LA Galaxy. So really, when you look at it, and apparently, according to to, um, to Greg, Cuevas' team um, had already been like, hey, um, we're going to send him. And so he was already prepped and ready to go. And so Greg's like, it doesn't matter. He can just prep with us whenever he gets back from it. Yeah. It's like not that big a deal um, in sure. order to do that. So you get that. But the guys who didn't get called, 
I think that's the news. The, the news is the, who didn't get called, not who did get called. Uh, January, or excuse me, I'm looking at dates over here. <laughs> I'm like, what is going Julie, on? I was Ju- going to say Julian Ade and yeah, Jalen yeah. Neal. Yeah, uh, yeah. so Ade and Jalen Neal um, both not getting the call up. Now, we already talked about this, so we'll t- say it again so that way everybody can sort of get angry about it and then turn the page because I honestly could care less. Um, it's one of those things that I think they're actually doing the right thing here, but Jalen Neal probably would have gone had they been released, but they're not mandated to be released. And so he'll stay and he's a starter with the LA galaxy. Aude is the same. Aude's camp apparently very much in the mindset that he should play with the LA galaxy. That's more important right now than the U 20 world cup. Yes. There's a lot of prestige that comes with U 20 world cups. There's a lot of things that can happen. If you're looking for level of play, however, uh, I'm going to say something that, that I think some people will like shock because you hear World Cup and you're like, well, that's got to be the highest. It's not the highest level. MLS is probably the highest level of play for those two guys compared the, compared to the U20. Yeah, compared to the U20 that's competition. Fair. Absolutely. You know, that type of thing. But the the thing they're missing there is the atmosphere of those tournaments and the things like that. So, yeah, the, the part they're missing out of, and you see it with these, you know, go, when they crown a golden generation the reason why they call these countries who have their golden generations you know you had it with mexico had it with belgium you had it portugal had a golden generation at some point it's because they usually win a youth world cup and then that generation kind of comes up expecting to win things so what you miss out you know possibility with argentina or with the u.s team is these players being grouped together winning a youth championship and then those players going on and progressing to the next level. That's the part that's a bummer that they miss out on is the experience, the it kind is. of culture, the, yeah. the 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 pieces that you get, the camaraderie right. with, with your national team players and representing your country. That's the part that they miss. The other side of the coin, and uh, and I'll give this as a credit to, to Aude and to Neil. Neil did this to himself. Uh, you know, he could have been a bench player. Right. He could have been, you know, figuring it out and get on a squad. But he had minutes that were available. He took them, he grabbed them by the throat, and he made himself a starter on the LA Galaxy. And he's now indis- you know, indispensable. You can't get rid of him on this lineup. And so that's a good thing. Yep. You know, that's the type of player that you want to build up to a level to where, no, 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 we can't. We have an option to say no, then we're going to say no. And I think Ade, less time with the team, but he's shown, okay, this is a guy who is much better suited right. on our roster. We don't want to let this guy go. We we need this guy, you know, on our team doing his thing. And I think it's like you mentioned, it seems like their camps are are on board with this being a better situation for them. It is a bummer that they miss on the camaraderie part, but in terms of level of play, I think you're spot on. I don't think I don't think they're they're missing a drop off and a prestige and a competition and something that's they're going to miss out on. I think getting the the competition that they're going to get in these run of games, the, they'll be just as battle tested and better off for it or, or whatever progression you want to call by staying with the team. Uh, executive producer Herb, $3 super chat, June 3rd, June 3rd. June, we're working on it, Herb. We'll, we'll see what we can do. And a $10 <laughs> super chat from Gary. Gary, very much appreciate you. Always in the chat room, always hanging around. Thanks for the show, my dudes. Thank you, Gary. We appreciate it. Thank appreciate you very much. You, Gary. Yeah, Gary's always around too. Yeah, we got all, all the greatest hits are back tonight. It's nice to be back. You know, everybody's together. It's kumbaya. There's a win. You know, even if it was a win against Baby Sounders, that's okay. That's okay. Enjoy it a little bit. Uh, too many times people are not enjoying things and, uh, I got a text message. It's supposed to be fun, right? Soccer's supposed to be fun. That's what I hear. It does, it's all supposed to rip your heart out and everything else. Um, okay, let's we're, let's go to a, a weird one because we woke up, I think, on a Wednesday. 
uh, with Chris Mavinga apparently throwing Greg Vanny under the bus, but then not throwing Vanny under the bus. And I just want to say that there was uh, uh, somebody on Twitter who basically said at this point, a manager with zero plans and no schemes would be better than watching whatever Bob Bradley has them playing. Just end this nonsense. He's not turning it around now or ever. And Chris Mavinga sort of responded to that with the little like guy who's is that, laughing face. Is that yeah. a laughing face? But what's with the like to me, the tear should be underneath the eye because it's like laughing, crying. You're kind of laughing, crying. But instead, it looks like he's sweating. I just I can't get over visuals sometimes and that's how it looks anyway uh, somebody wrote back to him underneath that and said uh, how are the galaxy doing my friend uh, and he goes same boat my friend um, so in terms of him saying same boat that means and there was an argument about this in the yeah. in the press conference I'm ready to defend my man okay here, he's saying same boat my friend he's basically in 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 this context and in this message thread he's saying that at this point a manager with zero plans and no schemes would be better than <laughs> watching whatever uh, whatever Greg Vanny has them playing just end this nonsense he's not turning it around now or ever just replace Bob Bradley with Greg Vanny that's basically what uh, what uh, Chris Mavinga possibly said now Chris Mavinga said uh, whenever somebody said, hey, you just threw Vanny under the bus, he says, never, I'm behind him. In terms of the results, you guys ain't happy, which I understand. So it's it's the same. Don't interpret my words. It's like, well, Chris, that's what <laughs> yeah, we're going to do. Words. That's what it, we're going to do, Chris. That's how Twitter works. That's it's a threat situation, <laughs> yep. yeah. Uh, and basically, he was defending again. He says, never, Greg is the best coach for our team. Just the result is not there yet, but I'm convinced that we will win. You guys will be happy once again. This was all in my thread, which I thought was fun. Um, Chris goes on. He goes, at the end of the day, it's us players who are on the field. So it's all on us to put everything out there. Also, we had a conversation between players. Now it's so easy to say it's a situation around the club. We don't take that as an excuse. So the players sound like they had a player meeting, um, which is always nice. And that's usually what happens whenever your team sucks. Um, and so they went and had a players meeting that decided they doesn't matter. And there, we can't use excuses in the whole deal. Uh, so finally to say, he goes tweet in English. It's not easy when it's, when it's not your primary language. I seen people overreact because of some words used next time. I'll use Google translate winky face. Um, I don't think it, this wasn't a translation issue. <laughs> He's covering up too much. He's going up too far. So, so where I'll defend him here. Are, are, are we getting into the defenses? Yeah, please go. Go for so, it. So I'll defend him here, and I don't know if this is a insanity plea or incompetence plea. If he knew that you know this was attached to Greg Vanny being tossed under the bus, he wouldn't have said this in public, knowing it's a public forum. And, he, and he's, he looked, he's Chris's he, guy too, right? We we yeah, all know he, that he's one of Chris's. He looked guys. at it, you know, how's the galaxy doing? It's like they're not doing great either. We're in the same boat. I think that's how he meant it. Obviously, with the thread, it's it's going to be people are going to take umbrage. I think people reacted to it, and then he had to walk it back. And do do all the different conversations. No, actually, I don't. I mean it differently. And he actually walked it back. In my opinion, as you're going through it, walked it back too far. Too far. Maybe it's a translate issue. It's like okay, it's not a translate issue. Just say it's not what I meant. You know, I it's it's it is what it is. I I, I don't think he was going after Vanny. I, I I think it looked. It's a bad look. And it, and the real simple thing to do if right. you're a, a professional soccer player is just be quiet. Don't tweet things. To, Tweet, tweet don't, in. Uh, don't tweet ever. Don't yeah, tweet just, ever. Just tweet in, in, uh, you know, in those isms like they do after the game. You know, you have 110. percent We'll fight for you. We'll fight for the crest. Uh, wish we had a bit. They sometimes have that copy paste yeah. response. You almost yeah. wish you, you could see some personality in there. Yeah. But that's you're, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I don't. I don't think there was any malice behind it. People made a big deal and rightfully so because maybe, maybe what if he did? Let's make sure you clarify and he clarified it and it wasn't. So to me. Hands washed, no big deal, a faux pas, an error, uh, but but I don't I don't think there was any ill will ill will or, or issues with it. 
All right. Um, yeah, uh, the, it was somebody on. It was one of the the the. Ba- it was like Charles Barkley or it was Shaq or somebody, and they were talking about Twitter and they, and it was like, all, all Twitter ever does is get people fired. And I'm like, you know, that's not wrong. That's yeah, not wrong. No one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Twitter is just a easy way to get fired. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, so anyway, so that was that little one. And by the way, that came on the same day that reports were out that basically there was a meeting underway. Um, that was going to determine the futures of Greg, Vanny, and Chris Klein. I certainly don't have any confirmation any meetings actually happened. I would be very surprised if they didn't. Like, it's sort of about that time that you're sort of like, okay, you lose to Colorado and you do the whole thing. I would imagine there's meetings, you know? You you guys mentioned that you had had this wrap-up talk on Monday as well. But if there are other coaches around the league who are being fired, then you look at the Galaxy who are right there at the bottom of the league – them being on the hot seat, having those conversations right. uh, with Greg Vanny and with Chris Klein, it's totally fair. It, it's, it doesn't seem like it's that crazy of an idea to let them go, but they've just painted themselves in so much of a corner with the whole situation that uh, it seems like if there is going to be a domino to fall, it seems like Chris Klein does need to be that next domino because anything else, you you just people would cry foul. Vanny is almost <laughs> like a made man in this situation. He he could he could do anything because. If they come for Vanny's head before Klein's, there's there's already a riot enough. It's it's just gonna, it's the chants are going to get even louder and even worse. Yeah, very very well could be. Um, hey, you want to go somewhere completely sideways? And I caught a tweet that like you probably like nobody was really meant to read. Like it was one Let's of those that's like it's the marketing. Sideways is my game. This yeah. is this is marketing. This was marketing, right? And somebody it was a marketing firm that was sort of like, look how awesome we are. We're helping the LA Galaxy out. This is so cool. So let's get to it. Um, this is Stellar Algo. Um, and they tweeted out, and I catch it because, of course, I search all these LA Galaxy terms and all that fun stuff. Uh, it says, when the LA Galaxy were looking to identify and nurture new fans, they ran a Stellar play, a customized step-by-step strategy supported by their Stellar Algo account manager. The results, 520% revenue boost. There's an asterisk there. I still haven't read that asterisk. I have no idea what it is. And four. 136% increase in ticket sales asterisk. Um, here's how they did it. Okay. Uh, this is all marketing stuff. And so I want you is, to understand. Is like, this like a program? Is this it's, a, it a seems like it's a person software? that's working a software and working like a, hey, we do like this, these individual customized marketing things. And this is what we offer you. And this is what we're going to do for you. And this is what they did. So the strategy for the Stellar Algo, they said that was working with Stellar Algo, the LA Galaxy learned that new fans, specifically first known attendees, tend to purchase tickets to additional games more often than other fan segments. That's interesting little data to pull in anyway. Uh, so their idea was to identify the LA Galaxy, um, use the the platform to identify their new fans, the first known attendees, and then a strategic email campaign was developed to deliver personalized emails to first known attendees within 24 to 72 hours of fans attending their first game. Uh, then Stellar Algo platform tracked and measured each campaign, including engagement metrics and ticket purchases. Historical ticketing data in the Stellar Algo platform was also used to compare the performance of first known attendees to key fan segments from previous seasons. Uh, throughout the season, the Galaxy have conducted experiments, test email templates, and messaging with a focus of improving fan engagement and ticking sales conversions. Okay. Uh, the campaign well, that explains the emails. It, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of emails if you've, if you've been paying <laughs> attention. Uh, the campaign tracking and measurement provided by the Stellar Algo platform helped produce insights to enhance future uh, engagements. Um, Increase ticket sales by identifying and nurturing first known attendees. So that's what they did. Drive the single game ticket revenue. Upgrade single game ticket buyers into multi-game packages. Improve fan data. 
um, capture, improve fan data capture to better understand trends. That's a good one because basically in this, it says anytime that they use uh, Wi-Fi or anytime it's a, it's a measurable data point and you're able to track and understand what purchases collect, people yeah. made. Yeah, and you can collect all this and you can actually tie it to like tickets eventually, right? And so you can do all these things and say, well, this first known attendee did this, 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 and that. So what they did was they went out and targeted these people. They went and drove it and they're saying that they got a 436% increase in all of those things that are going on. So 9,800 new fans first known attended were identified a 520% uh, revenue increase from first known attendees, a 436% increase in ticket sales. Those are giant numbers, by the way. I mean, whenever you're talking about it and, and hopefully that's, you're not just talking about 10 people who ended up having multi-game plans, right? You know, that type of thing. Um, so 9.2% first known attendees who have already purchased tickets to additional games during the 2022 season. I mean, not a lot, but whenever you're out there fishing and, I don't know if anybody has ever sent out emails and actually measures anything. Like if you get like seven or 8% of the people yeah. to read your email, you are in a happy place. If you get them to respond, that's a whole, that's a whole nother level. Uh, you know, I've watched shark tank. It's all about customer retention. Uh, what's your rate and all that right, stuff. Right, that's yeah. a, that's what this feels like a deck that someone uh, would present on shark tank is what it feels like. Um, my initial thoughts on seeing this, cause I'm kind of running into this cold is we were told that leadership is really great at going out and making ticket sales happen. They do it, but they, they if get it there's, done. if you're, if you're just pushing the button and making the algorithm go, is that your skill in making it happen? Or maybe is it, you get credit for finding the right company and the right algorithm to make it happen. I don't know. I'm just, just throwing that out there. So it's a question I have that is this, is this, uh, do we look at this as a strength? You know, the, the galaxy are, looking in the right direction to bring new fans in through the door? Or is this, are they outsourcing their material when are, are the people in the front office competent and have a plan in making this happen? Or do they need to outsource to these things? Or is this the norm? Is this the norm around the league that have a lot of these systems in place? I don't know. I just have more questions. Right. And uh, it is what it is. Uh, uh, it was funny because Commercial Underground says uh, if only the LA Galaxy uh, had uh, had an analytics department for soccer as much as they have for ticket sales, it seems. <laughs> Nice, nice joke. That's a great job. retort. It's that correct. Is, that is so awesome. Very good job. And I appreciate you. All right. Let's talk about this San Jose game um, because that's sort of at the point we're at. Are you good? I mean, I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of time. I just thought it would be interesting to see that the LA Galaxy, every time you yeah, sign on Wi-Fi or tracking your tracking your purchases and doing all that stuff yeah. in order to ask get, app not to track. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's, everybody knows everything. <laughs> uh, you know, chat GPT just ranked the LA Galaxy as the most as the biggest uh, MLS club. So you got that going for us. Uh, a, a computer AI program that can't see past, I think, 2021. Yeah, so, I was going to say, yeah, they, don't, you know. they don't have all the data points. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Um, so so anyway, just the whole deal. So let's talk about the San Jose game. I didn't even get to answer, ask you because we were, uh, of course, I was scrambling around trying to get my son to actually go to sleep, which I'm not going to say anything about because so far, so good. Um, yeah. But do you, have a, do you have a game preview ready? Uh, you know what? I'm struggling with, uh, okay. you know, okay. I'm, I'm going to take a rain check okay. on we'll, that. We'll, we'll do another one. Yeah. Uh, $5 super chat from uh, Raphael. Um, Fireclimb ticket sales will skyrocket. That'll be 100K for the consultant fee, LA Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See? You know, there's so, a Rafa right, Patrick know worth Raphael King, gets it. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's how it works. All right. Good job. Um, all right. So coming up. Uh, this weekend, uh, it's a Sunday game. This is the LA Galaxy hosting uh, the San Jose Earthquakes in the first Cali Classico of 2023. Uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, May 6, 2023. Um, 
that's not right. That's the wrong date. So May the 6th, word, May, yeah, May 6th, May 14th, 15th, no, 14th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 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 May 14th, 6.30 p.m., 6.55 p.m. And I worked on that graphic so hard. Um, this game can be on F, found on FS1 for free or Apple TV for free. Live TV, live TV. We're back, baby. That's exactly what it, it could be. So um, you can watch this game. You can find this game 6.30 p.m., 6.55 p.m. Um, the kickoff, so a 25-minute lead-in, which usually happens whenever Fox has the national yeah. game on the outside there. So uh, San Jose, a little bit of a darling right now in Major League Soccer, a little rebound for them. They're actually looking pretty good. Um, if we go in the Western Conference, San Jose is currently in fourth place, tied with LAFC. For third place. Now I say tied with LAFC because they just beat LAFC two to one. Um, that was up in San Jose, or I should say that was up in Santa. Yeah. Let's see, it wasn't even yeah, Santa Clara. Levi Stadium. It was at Levi Stadium. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're going to have this conversation. Yes. Kick, you know, keep kicking this team while we're down. There used to be a team that came into town, right? And they'd go to you know Stanford Stadium and right. get the bigger stadium. But now there's another team that they go and they say, hey, let's get these guys in a bigger stadium as well. So I don't know if this is uh, a mark on San Jose or if this is something where we need to be worried about uh, ourselves as well. But yeah, well, it I, is interesting. Does it say something also that they play them in like an NFL stadium and then they play the galaxy in a college stadium? Like, is there yeah. something that you could, can you, can you take anything from that? Is there a slight is San Jose trying to, thumb their noses at the LA Galaxy once again. First of all, they never play anybody in their own little Cracker Box Jacks. Correct. Cracker, crackers, That's the problem. Cracker Jack stand. Yeah, yeah, right? Whenever you, you want to sell more tickets, you can't use your own stadium. That's which is, the problem. Which is my favorite because you get to watch planes land and you get to watch soccer at the same time. There, I'm pretty sure there's a rail line over there. If there's trains and I can see trains, planes, and <laughs> soccer at the same time, I may never leave. Yeah. Um. So I enjoy that trip up there, but I don't like going to the other stadiums. Um. But this is a San Jose team that has been playing well. They are not a bad San Jose team right now. They're coming yeah. off a two-one win over LAFC at Levi's. Uh, now they were knocked out of the Open Cup April twenty-fifth to Monterey Bay, and Monterey Bay took LAFC to uh, to, to penalty kicks. Yeah, five-four yeah. for for LAFC over Monterey Bay um, in that one. Uh, their last loss was away to Real Salt Lake. Again, I'm getting mixed signals. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, they beat LAFC, so now, you know they're on fire and everything." And then you go back and they're like, "Okay, they lost to RSL at RSL three-one. Okay, that's fine." And th- but they drew Austin, which Austin has generally been. But it was again, it was in Austin two to two. Yeah, they're fourth in the Western conference i think they have five or six wins so far this season i just their last five games are two one and two yeah okay but where is this like they're all of a sudden they're the darlings because they beat lafc i think it could be the way they're playing you know when you watch the mls recap show and kind of you know it is it is an attractive brand that they're playing and i think because they have a golden boot contender in Christian Espinoza yep. that makes makes them something to talk about because whenever you flash, you know, leading scorers for the league, his name pops up there. So it's like, oh, what's happening in San Jose? But I had the same thoughts as you. I'm looking at draw at San Jose. San Jose's been awful. Lost to Monterey Bay. Yep. You know, a loss to uh, RSL. They beat Kansas City. Well, you see where Kansas City's at. Right. A draw to the Red Bulls. That Red Bulls haven't been great. And then a win at Houston. You know, that's not necessarily a great thing. So I'm with you that like where is this great team, this darling team that everyone's having? But then you look at the roster and you think Jeremy Abobasi, Cade Cal, Christian Espinoza, that front three, uh, you norm- normally I'll say, oh, I, who on this roster scares me? That front three scares me in that order. You know, Christian Espinoza, Abobasi, and then Cade Cal. You, the Galaxy, if, if that midfield, you know, has any struggles or they have any giveaways and they're not able to, you know, keep those, you know, passes tight, these, these guys are going to make you pay 
uh, in transition. So that this does make me a little bit nervous. Uh, with their front three that they bring. These are good good players that they're going to be going up against. Jackson Ewell is in that as well, I would throw there, right? And so uh, Marcinkowski in gold. I mean, they have some, like you said, their front three is not bad. You just sit there and look at the midfield and you say, okay, well, you know, and in most cases you, you look at the LA Galaxy midfield and say, well, the LA Galaxy midfield should be able to outplay San Jose's midfield. Worried about the wings, though. You're going to have Aude yeah. and you're going to have Caligari going up against these big-time scorers on the outside. You have Neil and you have, you know, Caceres in the center trying to control, you know, some of these guys, Espinosa and Abobasi. Um, so you do all these things and it's like there are some dangers in this game and it, it feels like and if you look at the season stats sort of where um, San Jose is that they're very they're a 50 50 team right so they don't have all the possession they sort of go back and forth so in my mind they with the speed that they have you're looking at more of a, a, a transition team right and these are the teams that the galaxy struggle struggle and, and get worked against so yeah right. I, I'm nervous about this game as you should be um, as you should be and so um you know, in my mind, this is one of those tricky games that you sit there and you say, you know, the Galaxy, they have a lot of games coming up. This is one of the ones they get to play at home and then they go on the road and they go to Columbus and they go to D.C. and they come back and they have to play an open cup. So this is like the last sort of breath that the LA Galaxy get to take at home. This is a really good chance at three points, even though it's going to be a tough game. I think the fact it's a tough game against an opponent that is coming in in a Cali Classic on a rivalry Sometimes this team, you need to get them emotionally yeah, fired up. This is yeah. the type of game that this gets them the emotionally game. fired up. So I agree with that. Um, I think they have plenty of time to recover. I think the Sunday game is good. Um, so all of those things are sort of sitting in there. So I am optimistic, as you can be, for a team that has one win in the league all, all season. Um, could they get routed? Absolutely. I mean, you can see this team and how they get routed by transition games, yeah. right? Look at the Colorado game. Perfect example. Houston, same thing. Look at, look at the transition teams really beat them up. Um, so I think San Jose would be happy to let the galaxy have the ball and they're going to look to turn them over when they turn them over. You're going to have guys who are sprinting, um, at mock speed coming up through the middle on if the galaxy don't get their transition defense, right? Then they're going to get uh, pulled apart like they have. So, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a part of me that really wants to say the galaxy are back on track. I think if the galaxy are back on track, then they draw or win this game. If they really found something that sort of worked for them and I expect a single, striker formation up top. I don't think Greg Vanny's going to change that. I wouldn't be surprised if you see VV start again, just because I don't think there's anybody else. Um, maybe you could get Johnny Perez in there who had played with galaxy two. Um, I think previously. And so maybe could pap perhaps come back up and, and play in that position. Or, or you can run it back with Memo Rodriguez. You or know, he's, you, you he's could coming, coming in hot, you know, feeling good about himself. That could be the other opportunity on that, on that wing. Yeah. Although he hasn't been, successful as a winger so it comes down to what do you want to do yeah as a result there um the other thing and i don't know if he's i don't know when they've been called for a release yet is that cowl um is a u20 guy um as the chat room right rightfully points out and so he could be gone with u20s already so i think he may have been gone so that's going to be a plus for the la galaxy again san jose releases their guys galaxy keep their guys is there an advantage in that an inherent advantage in keeping out a um, and Neil in this particular one. So yeah, this is this is history. I mean, yeah, we can pretend that every game is a must win. It's not. I'll tell you right now, well, you're, you're lying to yourself. But this it, is a I this is a big one. Um, I want to talk about this because we didn't talk about the standings necessarily. No. But as bleak as it's been for the LA Galaxy, and you think they're sitting on six points, uh, and you look at you know Seattle who, who's up there with twenty points. Man, man the, you can't win the season. Uh, at the beginning of the year, but you could definitely lose it. But when you look at this and you think, man, they've only won one game, how bad they've been looking and how bad they've been playing. But when you look at the, those eight or nine spots and that eight, nine, 10, 
and you think that's 12 points, that's two wins. A two-game slide from some of these teams, and then the Galaxy put two games together, and all of a sudden you're back in business, you're in the playoff picture. So I, I as much as I'm, I, I feel it with how bad this team has been playing, like throw it away. It's it's done. Let's go to 2024. Why are we wasting our, our energy on this? It's not going to end well. We're just going to get our hearts broken. But then you look at the standings and you think, well, two games. They could put two games together. They can go on a two-game streak, and then all it takes is Minnesota or Portland or Colorado. They drop two games, and then all of a sudden uh, you're, you're cooking. So uh, as bleak as it is for the LA Galaxy, <laughs> putting a couple wins together is all it takes to get them back in the mix. And, and don't – and I know Kevin is very much, hey, you need to get a certain number of points per game in order to get back to this point at the, you know, in order to get ninth or eighth and all this stuff. I would say this, the Western Conference is actually pretty wide open in terms of who's going. I don't see anybody running away with it. I mean, you have Seattle up there at 20. You have St. Louis at 19. Now, St. Louis has hit the wall, as we expected them to do. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you know? People aren't passing it to them for goals anymore. (laughs) Um, So St. Louis has hit the wall. LAFC has stumbled a little bit as they contend with Champions League and everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, but they stumbled, right? But that's a team you expect to run away with it, right? And they they, they lost the game. They're stumbling, right? Dallas uh, with 15 points. Houston with 14 points. There's just a lot of middling going on more than anything. So I think there's going to be a lot of cannibalization inside of the Western Conference, like we said last year as well, that there's so many little things. Now, that could end up meaning that the difference between making the playoffs, missing the playoffs... Uh, can be a single point and you could move as many as three or four or five spots because there could be a lot of tiebreakers and other things. Yeah. Um, but don't don't focus on the points per game. The Galaxy have to win games first for you to focus <laughs> on points per game. I'm not sure that they're, 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 that they're quite there yet. Um, do you have a prediction for this game? Do you, well, do you want 538? Yeah, give me 538. 538. Yeah. 538 has LA Galaxy with a 55% chance, San Jose with a 22% chance, and then a 23% chance for a draw. So... Galaxy kind of heavily favored the 538 likes the LA Galaxy, but I will say this season 538 has been an absolute bloodbath. It is a disaster. They went they went 30% last week. They went 4 out of 13 correct. So the fact that the Galaxy are favored in 538, the way it's been going this season, uh not great. Not great. So a little a little bit nervous about it. If you look at the Bovada, on Bovada the odds, Galaxy minus 115. San Jose plus two ninety. Mm. So I put again, money Galaxy, on, on on San Jose on that. San one. Jose, if you want right. to make some money, I don't right. know. I, I I could see this going, but if you want guaranteed to be wrong predictions, yes. I, I hate to be negative, but I think this is going to be a two one Galaxy loss. I was going to be negative. Sh- pro- prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. The the Galaxy team you beat a you know uh, a preschool team in, in Seattle. You know, prove me wrong, but from what they've shown throughout this year, they have not shown me that they can handle a team that's going to be strong in transition with a a proven goal scorer who knows to put it in the back of the net. I haven't seen them stop those guys this season, so I'm not expecting them to stop them in this game. So I'm expecting a loss in this game. I was going to be negative. And you took my <laughs> and you took my negativity. You and said you you know you can spell a tie, a possible tie if they play well, they get it together, get back on track. I mean, Gino Vivi plays. I was gonna say something that is like blatantly obvious, like most of the podcast is. You know, this time we're we're fairly straightforward on this. We're not trying to hide our motives on any of this stuff. But I was gonna say, you know, if the Galaxy tie or win this game, that'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they score more goals in San Jose. I think they they're, have a chance of winning this thing. They're going to be good. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, Alex asks, and he goes, 538 have, have, have had the Galaxy favored in most of the games this year, and they have because the Galaxy, on paper, are, yeah, that, are that good team. Yeah, that goes to that talent issue, yeah. 
the stats, by the way, it, it comes down to stats and, and sometimes you are who you are and sometimes you're underperforming or you're overperforming, right? And you can sort of see those in, in St. Louis's case where we look at it, we're like, man, they just keep winning, but they were overperforming all their stats and you're like, yeah, it's going to come back. Uh, you know, regression to the mean, the Galaxy have been underperforming their stats. Regression to the mean, right? And so the whole deal, I mean, you saw Colorado come out and score three goals on a like, you know, an XG that was pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, oh, okay, but they're the ones who have been underperforming their XG more than anybody. So yeah. I could picture something like, you know, if you remember those, I think it was Dallas last season where in the first half, like you blink twice and all of a sudden you're down three right. zero. Yeah. I, I could see that happening in this game. Yeah. Um, the XG in the Seattle game actually was, uh, Seattle had some higher, I think they had a higher XG than the, uh, than the galaxy did. Uh, I forgot to grab that chart, but, um, I was looking at that. So anyway, to my prediction, um, do it, Josh. Positive vibes. Two, 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 oh. two. Or you can go totally negative, and then we're guaranteed to be wrong. Two, two. That the the I reverse just, jinx. I just, I just. I just here's the two, bad. Two. Here's the bad part. Do you want to know the bad part about my two, two? Who's Galaxy scoring? are winning two, one, oh. with like six minutes left. Okay. And, and they give oh, up that, that goal. That's very Cali Classico. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. yeah. And San that. Jose probably rings the bar after that, after they score the 2-2 goal, like in okay. stoppage time, and it like bounces off the bar, and everybody goes, oh, my God, the Galaxy almost lost that game. And everybody pulls out there, oh, my God, the Cali Classico. <laughs> you got to get three points at home. It never <laughs> disappoints, <laughs> man. It never disappoints. <laughs> Dr. Nick in the, in the house. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I like that people like my, fa- my whiny fanboys. I didn't pull that one out for this particular one. I don't think, I don't think there's anything to, to worry about. So, all right. Um, I think that does it. We're I think there. we're good. We made it. Okay. Jake didn't make an appearance. So, success. Good luck to you. Go and getting back to it. We did it, Joe. We did a show. We're, we made it. We're alive. We're healthy. What a time to be alive. Uh, tell people where they can find you. We'll get on out of here. All right. As always, you can find me at HammerEV9 on everything. That's Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's HammerEV and the number nine. Uh, you can find me at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com once I get it fixed. Um, and then all our YouTube channels. We have all of the press conferences from the Colorado game and from the Seattle gamer up there on our YouTube channel. Like subscribe, all that fun stuff. It's right there. Uh, all your podcasts. We appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we will of course be back on Monday. We'll recap this game, tell you all the fun stuff that's going on. Uh, and we'll get you ready for the rest of the very, very busy season for Eric, the Portuguese hammer beer. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little corner of the galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.